Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Rick Benjamin. The message begins here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're doing this series we've called The Promise. Today is the last installment in that series. The title today, Baptized in the Sea and the Cloud, is what it says. We begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the first four verses. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, our ancestors were all under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. These messages, many of them have come from the Bible book of Exodus, which tells the story of God's greatest act of salvation in the Old Testament. Yeah, because in many ways, God's greatest act of salvation in the Old Testament pointed to his greatest act of salvation ever, which was Jesus. Here's a review of some of these messages with some pictures to go with them. On December 10th, I taught how Jesus is like the Passover lamb. And there's the picture of the blood in the door and that great story where that blood protected them from death and delivered them from slavery. And Jesus is like that for us. On December 17th, Josh Tanner taught how Jesus was like that rock, the rock that became a portable well, and that was that spiritual drink that it spoke about. And Jesus said, I'm the living water. Come and drink from me. You'll never be thirsty again. On December 31st, Mariah Anderson taught about the bread of life, that manna that fell down from the sky, that spiritual food we just read about. And Jesus came and said, that was me. I'm the bread that came down from heaven. I'm the bread of life. Come and eat. You'll never be hungry again. And last week, Josh Tanner taught again about how Jesus was high and lifted up like that brass snake back there in the desert. And all you had to do was look in faith, and you would be healed. You would be cured. That's a picture of our Jesus. These stories are not legends. They really happen to real people in real places. But they're also pictures. The Bible says these pictures are pictures of Jesus. In fact, in verse 6, it calls them examples. And the Greek word example, listen, is this word tupoi. We get an English word from that. The word is type, T-Y-P-E. And these are all types of Christ. They're real things that pointed to a greater fulfillment all about Jesus. And today's message comes from two stories that we just read about there in Corinthians way back in the book of Exodus. Baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. We'll do the second one first. It's the one you know the most, the story of Israel passing through the Red Sea. We're going to read it now from Exodus chapter 14. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind. And turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. And all the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. With the wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them. And all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. At, his, at daybreak, the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing, 
toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of, army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived, but the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. What an awesome story. And it really, really happened, we know. A couple of pictures that, one, you may have seen before from the classic movie from 1956, The Ten Commandments. Remember that? There's Moses up there on the rock holding out that staff over the Red Sea. And there they go on dry land. The one thing about the picture we saw in the Bible, it was actually at night. They walked through the Red Sea all that night until daybreak the next morning. Here's a picture from a recent movie, Prince of Egypt, animated movie, 1998. Remember? Now it shows them walking at night. Don't you like that whale? Wouldn't that be cool? Whoa! Not sure if that happened, but maybe it did. Where they crossed the Red Sea is not certain. The Bible doesn't tell us the exact location. At the point where they probably crossed about 12 miles. You can walk 12 miles in one night. Sure. There are thousands of them, by the way, maybe millions of Israelites passed over that distance that night. Here's a map, if you like maps. Over there's Egypt. There's the Sinai Peninsula. See the red line? That's Israel. See where they crossed over the Red Sea? Right up there towards the top, headed towards Mount Sinai. Today it's the Suez Canal, actually. goes right through the same place. We were there once, my beautiful wife Dolores and I, back in 1982. That's kind of how it looked. We crossed over on a boat. Sorry. <laughs> now it's about 300 yards wide like that. The big cruise ships and all the freighters go through there now. But when we crossed over that back in 82, we were thinking, somewhere around here is where it happened that night when God made the water stand up and saved Israel. Some people doubt this miracle. It is almost too awesome to believe. So some people say what they actually did was that they waded through the shallow, muddy water, not really dry ground. Okay, that means the real miracle is the Egyptian army drowned in ankle-deep water. <laughs> that takes more faith. No, the real miracle really happened. And it was so awesome, it became part of the worship of Israel. In the Psalms, the book of the worship of Israel, Here's an example, Psalm 106. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it dried up. He led them through the depths as through a desert. And here's Psalm 136. Watch what it does. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. And brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. That was a popular song. Amen. Think about that that night. Think about that picture of walking down in there. Would you do it? Well, the Egyptian army is behind you. That was a motivation. But I'll tell you what. It took some guts. The water's just going to stand up, and we're going to walk through there, like, all night? What if something happens halfway? The Bible says in Hebrews 11, by faith, the people crossed through the Red Sea. I'll say it took some faith, but they did it. They walked down in there and walked all the way across on the other side. 
What a story. Now, how is that great story that happened over 3,000 years ago, clear around the world, somewhat like our baptism as Christians today? Because the Bible said they were baptized. That was a kind of baptism. Well, one obvious way, of course, is lots of water. Right? When they got baptized, lots of water. The only ones really got baptized was the army, by the way. We get baptized, lots of water. But I'm going to show you at least two ways where their baptism is a picture of our baptism as Christians today. And here's the first one. Both baptisms buried the enemy. Israel's enemy was the Egyptian army. We have an enemy, not an army. Our enemy is kind of us, our old self, our old nature, who we were before Jesus. And in both baptisms, the enemy's buried. You know, people get confused about this. Because of the water, people think baptism is a washing. It's not. In fact, if you weren't washed before your baptism, all you got was wet. You get washed by faith in Jesus, by his grace, and then you get baptized. No, it's not a washing. It's a burial. That's what it really is. And the Bible says so, like in this verse, Romans 6. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And then verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. When that water came back and wiped out that army, which really happened, that's awesome, Israel looked back and it says they saw their body on the shore. In fact, the message paraphrase reads like this. Moses speaking, take a good look at the Egyptians today for you're never going to see them again. Wow. They looked back and they were all dead. And all those Israelites realized it's over. We're free. Free at last. Free at last, Dr. King. Thank God Almighty. We're free at last. We're free. No more slavery. No more army. No more enemy. And the same thing goes for you and me today. When you look back at the water of baptism, when you got baptized, remember this. Your enemy, the old you, the old self, is dead and buried. That's right. And we're free. No longer slaves to sin. Listen how the message paraphrases this. They went through the waters in a baptism like ours as Moses led them from enslaving death to salvation life. And in Romans 6, a decisive end to that miserable sin life no longer at sin's every beck and call. That's one way. The enemy's buried. Here's the other way. Number two. When Israel looked, oh, there they go, getting buried. Yeah. That was a bad day. But for us, it was a great day. It was Freedom Day. Number two, when Israel looked back, and we got that, there was no way back to go back to Egypt. Now the water separated them. And there was no turning back. They turn around. What's behind them? Water. 12 miles of Red Sea. Oh, where do we go? That's obvious. That way. <laughs> That's right. The water separated them from the old life. You know, when you get baptized, it's a statement. It's a commitment. It's like getting married almost. This is it. This is the rest of my life. We used to sing a song. Nobody knows who wrote these words, anonymous. We used to sing this song when we got baptized sometimes. I have decided. 
to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Here's some more of the words. The cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. That's what it is. When you and I look back at that water of baptism, it reminds us. That's right. That day I made my commitment. That water separates me now from the old life. Where am I going? All I know is I'm going forward. I'm committed to Jesus. That's right. We have a verse for that. Romans 6 in the message, I think. Yeah, there it is. By no means we, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? It's behind us now. Remember, it happened all night, that Red Sea. And then the sun came up. It was literally a new day, a new beginning, a new start. And baptism is like that too. Don't you love it when we do it, we do it in here? When they have baptism during church, and we're all singing, and they're over there in a tank of water. And then they get in the water, and they're all so excited. They love Jesus. And, and then Josh Tanner reads their words up here, why they're getting baptized, what Jesus has done for them. And then we dunk them, and then we all cheer. Woo! I want to go do it again. Burying the old enemy, separation from the old life. No turning back. It's awesome. But that's just the first story. The second story is less famous. He said they were baptized another way. Baptized in the cloud. What is that? We got that from Exodus 2. It was mentioned as we read before. Let's look at it. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. This cloud was the presence of God, and while they were crossing the Red Sea that night, the cloud for one time went from in front of them all the way behind them and became a guard between them and the Egyptian army all night long. In fact, the Bible says that there are more, there it is, throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. This ain't no cloud. This is a miracle. So on one side, Egyptian army is all in darkness. On our side, light all night long to get across that Red Sea. But it wasn't just that one night. Exodus 13, here it is. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. They could travel by day or by night. Neither, I think we have that next verse, don't we? I read it. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. And that's what God did. Now, I'm going to read you a passage. It gives a lot of detail, but I like it. Numbers chapter 9. Let's read this. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, Israelites encamped. There's more. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle for only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp. Then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning, just one night. And then when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Are you getting this? One more time. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out, but when it lifted, they would set out. The Bible says that cloud took them to no less than 50 different locations over those 40 years. That process we just saw happen at least 50 times. 
Imagine living like that. Wake up in the morning, step out of the tent. What do you do first thing? Look at the cloud. Okay, no activity. We're staying here today. One day you wake up, uh oh, something's happening. Pack up the tent. We're going. Where are we going? Wherever that cloud goes. <laughs> That's where we're going today. The Bible says sometimes took them to real good camping places. Maybe you want to stay there for a while, like a whole year. Oh no, the cloud's moving. We got to go. I like it here. Sometimes you're sick and tired of where we're camping. Can the cloud please move? Can we go anywhere else? That's not how it worked. Wow. When the cloud moved, they moved. I got a picture of it. There they go. Where are they going? That way. <laughs> Wherever the cloud's going. Oh, wait, it stopped. Okay, we're stopping here. I always wondered if other people observed this. Some wandering Canaanite comes through. Who are you guys, Israelites? What is that thing? Oh, yeah, that's our God. Your God does that? Yeah, every day and every night, just like that. It is kind of awesome, isn't it? My gods do none of that stuff. Well, your gods suck. Our God is the real God. <laughs> wow. I always wanted to see it at sunset. Watch the sun. Sun's going down. Watch the cloud. Fire. Every night, just to see that. Wake up in the night, look out, there it is, burning. How awesome. 40 years, 50 locations. This miracle also became part of the worship of Israel in the Psalms again. Psalm 78 says, he divided the sea, led them through. He made the water stand up like a wall. He guided them with the cloud by day, with the light from the fire all night. And in Psalm 105, he spread out a cloud like a covering and a fire to give a light at night. So I made you a list, bullet points, of all the things the cloud did for them. It guided them in the desert. It was God's GPS. Calculating. <laughs> Go forward. Yes, even the best places to camp. It shielded and covered them like that night at the Red Sea, but not just that time. The Bible says sometimes the cloud was like portable shade. They were out in the desert, so the shade would cover them and give them a little relief. By the way, sometimes the cloud covered them from God himself because sometimes God's glory is fatal. <laughs> I'm just saying, and God knows that. So sometimes the cloud would actually kind of cover God and protect them. How awesome is this? It gave them light at night. It was God's nightlight. A whole generation of people grew up seeing that cloud and that pillar, that fire. So awesome. Sometimes God spoke to them from the cloud. His voice would come from them. That's a good day. But most of all, and the biggest blessing, the cloud and the fire constantly reminded them of God's presence. Yeah, that's our God. He never leaves us. He's always there. How does this apply to all of us Christians today? You're getting it already. You're smart people. Uh, by the way, here's a hint. The cloud is another baptism. There's a second baptism, all right? The word baptized still applies here. Now, I could take the time to show you, but clouds in the Bible are a picture of the Holy Spirit of God. 
how? Clouds are everywhere like he is, and they're refreshing like he is. They rain on us. The Holy Spirit's like that. But fire is also a picture of the Holy Spirit of God. How? Because fire is powerful. It can burn the house down. Come on. Fire is purifying and all those things. And the Holy Spirit's like that too. A pillar of cloud, a pillar of fire. And here's Jesus talking about the real thing in the upper room, John chapter 14. I will ask the Father. He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you how long? Forever. The Spirit of truth, John 16. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you. That's right. The message says he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth that there is. What does the Holy Spirit do for us? It's almost the exact same list of what the cloud and the fire did for them. Have we got that list, Meredith? There it is. The Holy Spirit guides us. He is God's GPS for us. Somebody said it this way. When you're a Christian, you don't follow the crowd. You follow the cloud. He's a covering. He shields and protects us. He gives us light. We can see even the Bible. He illuminates. He speaks to us. The Holy Spirit does. And most of all, he constantly reminds us, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm with you forever. I'm never leaving you. In fact, I'm right inside of you. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. But wait, there's more. Like an infomercial late at night on TV. And here's what's more. It's what Jesus said. In fact, he said the word wait, there's more. Watch, Acts chapter 1. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with the water. But in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They knew about John, the guy they called John the Baptist. He dunked people in the Jordan River. Some of them even. They knew about that baptism. Now Jesus is saying, there's another baptism coming, a second baptism. And wait for it. You're not ready until you get baptized. Not with water now, but he said it, in the Holy Spirit. The cloud is like that second baptism with the Holy Spirit. And about a month later, he came to stay. And here it is, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Here's a picture of that. There they are. Regular believers, women and men like you and me, many of them unnamed, in a room, praying, waiting, and then he came. And then there appeared like my own individual personal pillar of fire right on top of my head. Dude, your head's on fire. Guess what? You too. And he came 2,000 years ago, and he's been with us ever since, doing all those things we saw before for all of us. Wow, baptized in the, in, the, in the water, baptized in the cloud. Baptized in Jesus' name in the water of baptism and baptized now in the Holy Spirit himself. Sometimes these two baptisms happen on the same day. Here's a Bible story that shows that. Acts chapter 10, Peter was still speaking. These words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who came with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. 
For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. He ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They got the reverse order, baptized in the cloud. Peter said, well, let's get him in the water. That was a great day. Those people happened to be Gentiles. They were in this rich guy's house, and Peter was a Jew. So later, Peter got in trouble. Can you imagine? He got in trouble for that. Peter, you ate with Gentiles? Well, he told the story, and he said it like this. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had on us at the beginning. Remember that day in that room with the fire on Pentecost? It was happening to them. And I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized you with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They had their two baptisms all in one day. I remember my two baptisms. I'll tell you my stories. They weren't on the same day. I was young, and I loved Jesus, and I wanted to get water baptized. I wanted to follow him. But actually, I was afraid of the water. I didn't like having my head underwater. And I'm still a lousy swimmer today. Thank God my wife can swim. <laughs> I put it off and finally screwed up my little courage. I was 12 years old. I got baptized by my dad in a tank of water in this building downstairs where the office is now. I remember I wasn't afraid. I remember looking up under the water. I came up. I felt different. It surprised me, really, what a spiritual experience it really was. I knew I was already a Christian, but I felt new. It made a difference. It changed me, and I'm thankful. Then I wanted to get baptized in the Holy Spirit so much. I was weak. I knew it. I needed power. And it took me a long time. I had some questions and struggles, but about a year and a half later, so about 13 years old, maybe 1969, at a Christian summer camp out at Fire Lake outside of Anchorage here, that one night in June, I got baptized the second time, this time in the Holy Spirit himself. I started praying this language, so beautiful, so real. I walked out of that building. I remember the midnight sun, that late sunset, June in Alaska. And I was out there, just me and him, just praying, taking him, and so happy, so full of joy, because he had come to move inside of me. I didn't get a pillar of fire in my head, shoot. <laughs> But I got him. I wish I could tell you that I've walked in that power every day from that night till today. I can't say that. There's been days I haven't even looked to the cloud and probably days I haven't thought about his power at all. I'm sorry. But I'll tell you this, I know. Never left me. All these years, right here, faithful. Any day I look up and say, where are we going today, Lord? He's there. Any day I need that power, it's still available to me. So thankful I could say that. He's so faithful. The Red Sea pointed to baptism in water. The cloud pointed to baptism in the Holy Spirit. But both of them pointed back to Jesus. You know, this whole series has been really about Jesus. He's the lamb. He's the rock. He's the bread. He's all these beautiful things and more. He's the whole theme of this. 1 Corinthians 10 said they were baptized into Moses. Did you catch that? They were baptized into someone. It was Moses. Remember the end of the story of the Red Sea? It says the people feared the Lord and put their trust in Moses. Hey, <laughs> God is great, and Moses is pretty awesome too. 
He did all this stuff, and he's on our side. Wow. That day they got baptized into the Moses experience, the Moses people, right? So if you're an Israelite that day, you're saying, well, we can't go back. The water separates us now. The enemies are all dead and buried. That's good news. God is great. Moses is awesome. I don't know where we're going, but as long as we got that cloud and that guy, I'm okay with it. You get it? Because you see, in the Bible, not just things, but people are types of Jesus too. Joshua is a type of Jesus. We saw how Isaac, the son on the mountain, was a type of Jesus. Now we got Moses. Moses is a picture of Jesus. Right? Jesus is our Moses. That's right. In so many ways, this could be a whole other message. Remember when Moses was born, they tried to kill baby Moses. But God protected him and he got through. Remember when Jesus was born at Christmas in Bethlehem? They tried to kill him, but God protected him. He got through. Moses was the great deliverer. Jesus is our great deliverer. Did you know this? Moses even saw Jesus coming. He did. He prophesied about it because Moses was a great prophet. And in Deuteronomy 18, Moses said this. I think we have it. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. From among you, from your fellow Israelites, you must listen to him. Moses is saying, there's somebody coming. He's going to be one of you. He's a prophet. Listen to him. And that was Jesus. That's right. The second Moses. And in the New Testament, the apostles use that verse to say, he has come. We know who the second Moses is, that prophet. It's our Lord Jesus. Listen to him. All these types, all these stories, all these pictures from the Old Testament, all about Jesus, the promise. Amen. Israel got baptized into Moses in the sea and the cloud. We get baptized into Jesus in the water and the spirit. So if you're a Christian, you're talking like this. Well, I can't go back. Even if I wanted to, I'm separated now. My old enemy's dead and buried, thank God. Jesus is awesome. That's all I need to know. I don't know where I'm going with my life. But I'm going with Jesus. I'm following the Holy Spirit. Every day, all you have to do is step out of the tent and do like this. Are we staying? Are we going? What are we doing today? Sometimes you wake up and say, God, can we please go anywhere? Would you please move the cloud? I want to go. But you don't just go. You don't get to do that. You follow him. And then some days you wake up and say, God's doing something. I think we're moving. We got to go. Maybe you don't even want to, but you got to follow the cloud. That's the Christian life. And that's good enough for me. My wife and I, we're waiting for the cloud. We're wondering, are you moving? Are we staying? Where are we going? When? We just got to wait. And when he moves, we're ready to go. How about you? So, summarizing now. Most of us here today are like me. You've already been baptized in the sea and the cloud. You've already been baptized in the water and the spirit. So thank God, my brothers and sisters, because of Jesus, we are free from slavery and our old enemy, our old self. That's all dead and buried. There's no turning back. Because of Jesus, we now live our lives in him. And he lives his life in us by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. We've already been baptized in the sea and the cloud. What about you today? If you haven't been baptized in water, what are you waiting for? You're afraid of the water? 
If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, what are you waiting for? You want to go on being a weak Christian? No thanks. Everybody, thank you. Please close your eyes. I'll lead you in a prayer. Repeat these words after me together. Father in heaven, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending Jesus to set me free. I want to turn away from my old life and my old self. I want to follow you, Jesus. Wherever you lead me, no turning back. Thank you for coming to live in me by the power and presence of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.